0: The Word says that Christ comes to heal and restore the brokenhearted. So whatever you have that's holding you back, whatever someone's done to you that you just can't get past,
1: it starts with making a choice to let it go. Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. I want to talk about something I've never
0: talked about here before. Forgiveness. Now, I think we all know what forgiveness is. But I want to focus not on our receiving of forgiveness, but on our willingness to give it. You see, we've all done wrong. And we've all been wronged. But most of us are better at asking forgiveness for what we've done than forgiving those that have wronged us. And many of us believe that we don't have to consider forgiveness until someone who's done us wrong comes to us and asks for it. But forgiveness should start with us. And it's necessary for us to move past anger and bitterness that comes into our life. And believe it or not, some of us don't know how to forgive. And some of us find it very difficult to forgive. So here are some things that we need to remember about forgiveness. First, forgiveness is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's an act of our will. You don't have to do it. But when you don't, there's consequences. Not forgiving keeps you holding on to anger. Or resentment towards someone and therefore makes you a victim of a situation. The next thing that we want to remember is that one of the greatest misconceptions about forgiveness. Is the belief that forgiving the offender means you condone the offense. When we forgive, we let the person off the hook. But we don't condone their wrongful act. And in fact, forgiving someone doesn't mean... That you have to reconcile with them. Forgiveness is a very personal matter. It's about finding peace over a person and their actions. It's about making a choice and letting it go. I love this saying about forgiveness. You know you've forgiven someone... When he or she has harmless passage through your mind. You know you have forgiven someone... When he or she has harmless passage through your mind. And finally, we have to remember that forgiveness is a miracle. We know this because our hope, our salvation, our future, is based on what Christ did to forgive us for our sins. So when we forgive, we demonstrate a characteristic of Christ. You see, forgiveness isn't just writing off a wrong as if it didn't matter or or that it was no big deal. Forgiveness says, yes, it was a big deal. It was wrong. It mattered and it hurt. But I release it in Jesus' name. And when we acknowledge our hurt and we stop ignoring it, then we can make a conscious choice to let it go. That's when the miracle of forgiveness is enacted and healing begins. The word says that Christ comes to heal and restore the broken hearted. So whatever you have that's holding you back, whatever someone's done to you that you just can't get past, it starts with making a choice to let it go. It's not hard once you take that step and you have to remember that you'll never forgive anyone as much as God has forgiven you. There's tremendous freedom in your willingness to forgive today. And I think the best way I ever heard it explained was in John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. He said this, Forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and then realizing the prisoner was you.
1: Up next, sometimes it is hard to wait on the Lord during tough times. Nevertheless, God's timing for intervention at our time of crisis requires us to learn how to wait on the Lord and to trust Him. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith.
0: Well, all right. I hope you're having a great holiday weekend so far. We're going to continue to celebrate the holidays today, honoring our freedom, our personal freedom, and our freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. But since this is the 4th of July weekend, let me ask you, how many know that one of our founding fathers of our country, Benjamin Franklin, was a pretty smart guy? Yeah, well, he was. He accomplished a lot in his life. And one of the things that he did was he had a lot of great sayings. Probably the most famous one that he had was, A penny saved is a penny earned. You remember that? I wish I'd paid more attention to that one. But he also was the first guy who said things like like this, God helps those who help themselves. Did you know that he said that? Some people think that's in the Bible. (laughs) He also said, honesty is the best policy. Right? He said, never leave tomorrow What you can do today. You know, he said a lot of really good stuff. He was the guy who said, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. He said a lot of things that just stuck in our American way of life for over 250 years. And he said one more thing that I want to talk about in just a minute. Benjamin Franklin is the one who said, haste makes waste. Now, I don't think that Mr. Franklin could have known just how much wisdom was in this quote back then. Because I don't know about you, but nothing happens fast enough for me today. I mean, just Friday night. Let's just take that, for example. We went to see the fireworks. They were supposed to start at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, they didn't start. 9.15, no fireworks. 9.30, where are the fireworks? Finally, 9:45. The fireworks started. And as soon as they started, I was going, uh, "When are these fireworks going to be over? How long are they going to last? I want everything faster. When the drive-through at the fast-food restaurant gets backed up, I get annoyed. I start thinking about getting out of line and going to another place while I'm at a fast-food restaurant. I can't watch TV without changing the channels during every commercial. I get frustrated when I click on something on the computer. It takes a couple of seconds before it pops up. Am I the the only one like this? There seems to be this natural built-in impatience that we've acquired. And we want action applied to any situation. And we want it now. So listen, when our lives run into a ditch, when we encounter a trial or a crisis of some sort, when we've come face to face with real trouble and being a born-again Christian, we cry out to God for help. It's no wonder that we're looking for God to help us right now. But the truth is, that's not the way God works in life. And the Word gives us some wisdom on this issue a number of times By sharing the value of something called waiting on the Lord. Have you heard that before? Waiting on the Lord. What does that mean? Waiting on the Lord. Well, I know I can tell you what the Word says. In Psalms, listen to this. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are God of my salvation, and on you I will wait all day says that in Psalms. In another place, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It says it twice in the same scripture. It seems that every time the word talks about waiting on the Lord, something good comes out of it. You see, we need to understand that while waiting on the Lord is hard, It's not without purpose. There's a reason the Lord doesn't seem to jump to attention like a genie when you snap your fingers and call for help. This time of waiting is meant to be meaningful to our lives because you have to remember that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and He's the end. But He's also the God of right now. the Lord refers to himself always in the present tense. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the truth. When he taught taught the disciples to pray, he told them to say, give us this day our daily bread. You see, the Lord is definitely involved in your problems right now. But you can't learn anything about him unless you can trust Him and allow Him to grow you spiritually through your difficult experience. When we choose to wait on the Lord in the middle of our storm, man, we take a giant step in improving our relationship with God. It's not like when we go to the doctor's office and they stick us in that little room by ourselves for like an hour. I don't know about you, but all I feel is alone when that happens. But when we wait on the Lord, we come to know that we're not alone at all. We find the Lord ministers to us in our time of despair and impatience. And we can find confidence that in spite of our circumstances, the eventual, eventual outcome will be for His glory and ultimately for our benefit. So we have to resist this urge to believe that everything needs a quick fix. God's timing for intervention at our time of crisis requires us to learn how to wait on the Lord. So whatever you may be going through today, you can find peace in the waiting. You can find strength and wisdom and new direction while you simply wait. Wait on the Lord. Just remember this God is never in a hurry, but He's always on time. Jesus has answers for you today, but the question is are you willing to wait on Him? Can you put aside your problems and focus on Him? Can you let Him reveal Himself to you in His way and in His timing? Well, I believe that you can. All it takes is the same kind of faith that you had when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. So don't be discouraged today when you don't see immediate results. It's worth it to wait on the Lord. I saved the best for last. Listen to what the Word says. But they, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord.
1: Most of us go through financial struggles in life at one time or another. Stay right there and learn four ways to overcome them by allowing God to be your business manager. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys, and I asked if he had checked under the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight, and I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright. I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode, has four times adjustable zoom, and it's rechargeable. Find Nebo Tools' intensely bright lights and flashlights, including the powerful rechargeable second-generation Slide King flashlight at batteries plus bulbs outlets, in hardware stores everywhere, and online at nebotools.com. That's N-E-B-O-Tools.com. Use the promo code ChristianRadio and receive a 10% discount on your order. At work, home, or play. For the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side.
0: I want to encourage you in your finances today. And I'm going to do that by sharing with you some wisdom in the word about your money, your faith, and two elephants. So before you ask what does two elephants have to do with my financial situation... Uh, Just listen to this. Two elephants were taking a leisurely walk on the decks of Noah's Ark after the big flood. They stood for quite a while looking out into the water in every direction as far as they could see. Finally, one elephant speaks. Wasn't this couple's cruise a great idea? Okay, how many think that that was the female elephant that spoke up? (laughs) It probably was But in any case you have to admit She had a great attitude And that's the first thing that we want to remember about our finances We have to have a good attitude We can't get discouraged about our financial situation We have to keep everything in perspective The apostle paul said whatever happens Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ So if we're going to see things turn around, it starts with having a good attitude, like the elephant who chose to believe she was on a couple's cruise. We also need to grasp a concept that many of us struggle with. You see, as Christians, we're called to walk a different path. We learn in the word that we live in the world, but we are not of the world. We know that we must engage in and adopt somewhat to the world around us. But our influence and convictions come from God and not from the world. As Christians, in fact, we are to reject what the world has to offer us because our motives and ambitions and inner strength comes from the Lord. So when so we don't let the world influence influence us, so when it comes to our money and all financial matters, it should be the same way. Because our money is also called to a different path and purpose. If we don't allow the world to dictate our thinking and influence our moral and spiritual decisions, why would we allow the world to make the rules and set the course for our money? But unfortunately, most of us decide that our faith and our money live in two different worlds. We're programmed to believe the banker, the Wall Street Journal. Some newsletter or any and all advice that comes from a broken financial system. But I want to submit to you today that your money and your finances are subject to kingdom principles. Just as much as anything else in your life. In fact, the word says more on the subject of finances than just about anything else. You see, God wants to reveal himself to us. By intervening in our finances. And he's provided us. With principles. And promises. And wisdoms that when applied. Will not be subject. To any economic indicator. Any stock market analysis. Currency fluctuation. Interest calculation. Consumer trend or forecast. God doesn't need their help, to guide us to financial prosperity. One of the best examples of our money walking a different path is when we are sensitive to the needs of ministry and we decide to invest in it. Then God always blesses us in some way. We don't know in what way, and we don't know when it will come, But it always happens, and sometimes it even happens financially. I'm convinced that God wants to teach us. He wants to grow us. And ultimately to bless us with every good thing in our life. And there's one more thing that I need to tell you. You not only need a good attitude about your finances and need to understand that your money is not like the world's money, but you also need To activate faith in your finances. And you might ask, how do I do that? How do I activate my faith? There are several ways. The best way is through your relationship with Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Through him, our faith literally has no limit. Another way is you activate your faith by speaking his word. Because faith comes by hearing the word even if you're the one speaking it. And you can activate your faith by praising Him. You praise Him for what He's done. You praise Him for what He's doing. And you praise Him for what He's going to do in your life. Listen, if you're struggling today with your finances, today's a good day to stop worrying about it and allow God to become your business manager And I believe that when you do that, something good will happen
1: in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers?